You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and today I'm talking to Stuart Francis, an incredible comedian from Canada, um, or it's partly from Canada, uh, based in the UK. And uh, this is a really unusual episode. What What is it about Canadians? <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago, the uh, the Tony Law one, uh, surprised us all uh, with how that one uh, turned out. It did turn into a fascinating episode, and I think this is the same. Stuart uh, is not really interested in being interviewed, and is certainly not interested in explaining how he writes his jokes. Um, but uh, what he—I mean—he makes a very good case, intentionally or otherwise, for the. He says that he is dead. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to introduce this one, guys. Stuart says that he is not desperate to perform, but he's absolutely desperate to perform. That's my analysis of it. Um, it's very interesting. I think hearing someone protest about how they don't need to be a performer; they're just doing it because the audience deserve a performance, but at the same time absolutely being unable to rest without gagging and riffing and being very, very funny. Uh, Stuart's a lovely man. This is a very funny episode. Um, You will hear us wrestle with one another. We're grappling. It's a grappling episode. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is the wonderful comedian and utterly frustrating, maddening podcast guest, Stuart Francis. So funny. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Stuart. You were saying before, this is only your second podcast. Second ever. After Daniel Sloss's show. Yeah. He's coming on this show in a couple of nights. What oh. Did you glean anything about him from the podcast? I with gleaned him? him like it was nobody's business. It was wonderful. Um, he was lovely. Great kisser. Is it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, seriously, like a really good kisser. He's a charming little sexy guy. You guys yeah, probably yeah, know yeah, Daniel yeah. Sloss. Awesome. Jo- Joel Domit is coming up on the show uh, in a couple of him. nights. And... Uh, Joel, where Joel is, I thought Daniel would give Joel a run for his money in the kind of smouldering guest stakes. But uh, so far, when people leave the show, all the attractive young ladies are going, what night is Joel on? Again, oh, so, true story. That's not going to happen tonight, is it? Oh, oh wow, not even a sympathy vote. That's not even a sympathy. Outrageous. Wow, in my day I was hot, but yeah, those days are gone. I've read now, this, my instincts are already like, tell me about how the days the are days gone. The days when I was hot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> let's, let's start with your... Never sh- left the house. <laughs> let's start with your Stared show at this myself festival. in the mirror. What? Sorry? <laughs> let's start with your show let's this start festival. start with my show. Uh, you are technically eligible for newcomer, are you not? Yes. Did you know this? Uh, in the, uh, the Comedy Awards this year, Stuart Francis, how long have you been a comedian? 43 years. <laughs> it's not 43. 43 years tonight. <laughs> it is. It is tonight. For, it can't, it's 43 not years. Uh, 26? Let's go with 26. 26 years. Yeah, 26 yeah, years. So around. you're eligible for newcomer. Yeah. Are you technically? Are you not too yes. big? Do you know how they work it out? Yeah, I've shared the bill with two other comedians who shall remain uh, Glenn Wool and uh, Craig Campbell. <laughs> oh, yes. You did the Lumberjacks show. Yes. So I shared the bill with them three times. And this is my first solo show. So based on that, it's my I'm eligible for best newcomer. So I hope to win uh, the best show. 
best newcomer and best joke. So here, fingers Sweet. crossed. Sweet. Yeah, that would be a nice. I'll you've be won, disappointed if I don't. You've won best joke before 2012? Yeah, yeah that was, that was, I don't like to talk about that. Yeah, 12. <laughs> what was the joke? It wasn't that funny. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm not a fan of me, but the joke was, uh, you know who gives kids a bad name? I get, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up the best joke. Uh, Great, that's take how it much again. I hate the joke. Take it again. You know who gives kids a really bad name? Poshin Becks. I mean, it's, I mean, that was sort of. I love a, how you guys didn't even fake laughter. Four out of ten, just making the awkward moment even more awkward. That was weird, thoughtful. Those, that was thoughtful. Those competitions every year, they yeah, go yeah, best yeah. joke of the fringe. And do you submit jokes to them? Or no, of does, course they not. They just come. I in? just do my show, and, and someone I, uh, it caught me off guard. I was staring at myself in the mirror, and someone came in and said, uh, "You won uh, best joke of the fringe." And uh, we looked at each other, uh, me and myself, and I just said, "Yeah, well, well done, us." <laughs> How are you enjoying the fringes here? How are you enjoying the experience of doing I your first it. hour of it? It's not like a Daniel Sloss kiss, but it's still it's still it's still pretty sweet. <laughs> and you're you're someone who has I mean you're touring already as an entity. Yeah, like I'm awesome. wh- why now then? What <laughs> why bring an hour to the fringe when you're already an effective touring act? Why now? I why say not? why not? Uh, that's what Kennedy was saying. <laughs> 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 was my Kennedy. I, uh, how long is a Kennedy? No, I, I don't know what they coin, how to coin the phrase, but yeah, it's just I, I live up here. I got a place up here. Um, why not cash in on this? Can I swear? You can totally swear on this motherfucking great show that I've got. I've comprised. Uh, you know, when I stopped staring at myself in the mirror, I, I wrote some pretty killer gags, and uh, I've taken it to the road. So I'm doing 121 shows uh, on the tour. I'm doing 24 shows here. So why not? Okay. Run, the, run this into the ground. I'm doing uh, Live at the Apollo. So, okay. Yeah, and I'm going to Melbourne, New Zealand. Who else? You know, Canada. I'm taking this everywhere, man. And how are you... Where do you... Have I said I'm awesome? Yeah, no, we, we know you're... Oh, I've just remembered the other thing I was going to say, and this might, be, this might turn out to be me. crucial. Obviously, I love you, Yeah, Stuart. thank you. Um, the thing I was going to say was normally about 20 minutes into this show, the comedian goes, oh, it's okay that no one's laughing, right? Because normally I've said, there's no pressure to be funny and you don't need to They've do jokes. They've been nothing but laughs tonight. So if, <laughs> if it's going to get better, uh, you know, pace yourself, folks. This is awesome. <laughs> do they know we're in here, by the way? Who's they? The, the, the black medicine people. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. It seems right. like, a, like a lock-in of some sort. No, it's, it's entirely legal. Or a Sean lock-in. Because that's a... <laughs> Wow. Now, let's talk about the reaction to your jokes now. And I would ask you to talk seriously about your jokes as well. I know yeah. you are a very funny man yeah. and it yes. spills out of you. Yes. But let's, let's analyse it seriously for a bit. Yes. So you get different reactions to the sorts of jokes that you do. You're very much a one-liner comedian. I get the fact that people think I'm great and other people think I'm fucking great. I get that. So, so, I, so I know that I split audiences that way. Um, but I'm okay with that. I've gotten used to it. Stuart, calm down. There is no mention of you touching me. I'm touching you now. Fair enough. You don't need to do your act. I'm not. Like, I'd like to have a real conversation with you. We are. This is me really. You've never had a real conversation. I don't know I'm you. I'm always on. I don't know you enough always socially. Always on. Are you always on? Always. I don't think you are. I think you and I sat next to each other during a Kitson show at the stand, and we had a really serious, calm conversation for 10 minutes about how your friend was I don't was like going. them. Do you? Uh, and you say, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I would like us to <laughs> replicate that. Remember that. that conversation? I'm sorry I didn't make that yeah. clear before, but I would like us to replicate that. Let's do it. We Come can on. Get your jokes are everywhere. They're on YouTube. Let's They're talk the about internet. my parents. Let's <laughs> So one of the reactions that you've got for one of your jokes just then was sometimes there's a laugh and one time there there was kind of a groan and the guy went, hey, like that. In that kind of thigh-slapping way. Yeah, yeah. Are you happy with that? Are you only going for a laugh? I want a bigger laugh. That's why I'm I'm, I'm performing right now. You want a a serious conversation, but we are performing. We're in front of a group of people. I'm not going to bore these people with me talking about me. They don't want to hear about me. Yes, they do. And even if these fuckers don't, I've got 30,000 people online who do. Who are cur- when this goes out, they're going to be sat in their bullshit. car. 30,000. Yeah, yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, let's start over again. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, thought, I, I didn't even know these were plugged in. I thought we were just in, in someone's basement pretending that we're doing a show. Okay, let's do this. Thank you. So, this is the, we're going to be on the clock, and we're going to see how long Stuart can be serious. Yes. And every time he... It's not going to happen. I'm performing. I'm a stop performer. Stop performing. Stop performing. It's fine. In front of a I'm group gonna, of people. Yeah, look, these people are not here because it's a comedy show. It's a documentary show they about are. comedy. They're, no, they're facing not. us. 
Yeah. Wait, you have to perform. I'm not going to take up their time by being boring. What am I, a, a storyteller comedian? No. Ooh, ah, ah. That's the closest thing we've got to a real opinion. Ooh. Yeah. I hate them. And I'll tell you why. Go on. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <it's- laughs> that would be a story. But no. Stuart. Yes. Stuart. I mean, it is funny that we're both called Stuart. <laughs> Same name. Spell them differently. It just, like, I w- we can very easily sit here for the remaining 40 minutes and just, and you could do loads of jokes and be really funny. But I'm sorry I'm not going to do that because that's my act. But I, 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 I'm performing. I'm in front of a group of people and you're have you 30,000 listeners. But, but yeah. Have you ever 28, been but, in front of a group of people and no, not been performing? No. How dare I do that and not be entertaining? But this Look, me just saying that's bored the shit out of them. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Because it's not about getting laughs. It's not about getting laughs. I want to get into your process. This is, okay. this is an investigation. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Tell me about when you started and you're not allowed to be funny. You're not allowed to be funny and I'll take the hit. And if these people all go, this is a shit boring show, that's on me. Tell me about no. when you started. Did you hear Stuart on, on, were you one of the five listeners at, on Stuart Goldsmith's podcast last night? Did you hear how boring Stuart Francis was? It's That's what's going to be. Really? Gonna you well, promised me. 137 episodes in the can and people care about people uh, and they care about learning about you and they will turn off if you just keep being funny. Okay, let's do it. What tell was the me, question? Tell me how you started doing comedy. three times a day. What, what, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm setting the clock back zero, zero seconds without a joke. Okay. I want to find out no. who you are. I, I don't want you to know who I am. Did you not know. read the email when I invited you to do this show? I, I mean, you probably it. didn't. What's an email? I, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hell. Kind of, I'm new in town. Fuck sakes. I don't think I've ever had a guest. Good. Such a... <laughs> At this rate, you never will. <laughs> such a reaction to the idea of... I'm, you know that I'm being quite serious, and I'd like you to calm I'm down being and be serious. serious. I can't... You're not being I'm serious. I'm in front of a group of people. We owe it to them to be entertaining. Okay, tell you what then. We'll keep these plugged in. You and I will go and sit in that cupboard, and we'll have the conversation in private. Oh, yeah, that'll be better. I, I prefer that. Let's do that. That's what I came... No. Okay. <laughs> I'll be serious. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about how you started. I, I used to work in the post office. and um, Without deliberately being boring for comic effect. Tell me the actual story. Imagine we're two I humans talking to each other. I used to work in the post office. And I knew I was very funny. And I didn't want to work in the post office. So I took up stand-up comedy. Don't clap. Don't fucking clap. <laughs> Stop colluding with Stuart. Stop colluding. You worked in a post office. How old yes. were you? 19. Thank you. <laughs> How See, did that you wasn't know? so hard, was it? It wasn't so hard. How did you know you were funny? Were you like this at school? Were you kind of always yeah, on yeah, at yeah, school? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not so much. I, I, I watched a lot of television. And then uh, I went home, looked at myself in the mirror, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why they're not laughing at that. Um, but no, I always knew I was special. I used to look out the window. This is serious. I'm going to lay down some heavy shit on you guys. I used to look out the window as a, a like a eight-year-old kid, thinking, "What am I going to do with my life?" And that saddens me that I would, because <laughs> I saw the other kids studying and doing their doing whatever you do in school. I didn't pay attention to that, but but whatever they're doing, they were bettering themselves, and I wasn't. But I knew I had a gift, Stuart Goldsmith. You so nearly managed to finish that sentence without being stupid. Come on. Now I'm being stupid. I've gone from being funny to <laughs> fucking hell. I, can't. I was enjoying that. What's You're eight thing? years old. You're looking out the window. Is this yeah. true or is this the... I don't know if this is the setup for a joke. I was eight. Yeah. Eight years How, old. You're looking out the so window. so unbelievable? Canada, well, we have windows. I was eight. <laughs> I looked out. Or oot. Because that's, that's, that's what we say. Apparently we say that a lot. But yeah, I just thought, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? It worried you when you were eight. You no, thought- why-ish? Uh, we get over that. Uh, but um, yeah, so I was raised by television. I always knew I was a bit of a, a sassy kid. I didn't okay. do it. I was a popular kid too. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that creepy kid that uh, had to get laughs to be popular. I was already popular. And then uh, you come in with the, uh, the cachet of being hilarious. Fucking hell. It was okay. a win-win. So you were popular at school, and were you very a popular. sporty kid as well? Yeah, very sporty. I was a good athlete. Uh, yeah. They said that's, that's quite... Want a race? That is not... <laughs> maybe after the show. Okay, fair enough. So 
you were 90, you were working in a post office thinking, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And what was it that first propelled you to book yourself on? I like stayed there for the mic? better part of 10 years. And then a, a girl I went out with, uh, her name is Dawn. She's lovely. Uh, that was my first girlfriend that I really loved. Signed me up for amateur night, knowing that I, if I, I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't have the, the gumption to do it myself. Okay. Signed me up for amateur night in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yuck, yucks. Uh, it was a Thursday. Okay. Is that serious? And who else was on the I'm, bill? Do you remember? Do you remember the... the uh, there was a creepy old uh, MC that I used to work with because I then became a comedian. So he, he, was, he remained creepy. He didn't stop being creepy. Okay. Um, so he introduced me. But anyway, uh, so I did it. And it was the, 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 the highest I've ever felt after a performance. Did you... How much writing did you... As I give you, a serious answer, you interrupt me. What? Did you... How much <laughs> writing Sorry, did you put into that show? A lot. And practicing. And it's like five minutes. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to spritz. And, and so you're, you're, you're doing a spritz chat to the audience and stuff like that. And for, one of the first jokes was an, an off-the-cuff comment. Um, so, and I got a laugh and then I went into my scripted stuff and I've been in my scripted stuff ever since. That's all I do is go on stage, lock and load and just, uh, I'll, that's why I need to be funny in front of a group of people. I am one of those comedians that our contract is just to be funny from the minute I step on stage to the minute I step off stage is to, that's, I, I owe you that. And how dare I hold, I'm, people in this room want to be talking and stuff like that. I've held them captive. So the least I can do is be funny. So that's, that's why I do that. Why do you think that, to me, is quite unusual? Do you feel that's unusual I'm, amongst I'm comedians? I'm very unusual compared to most comedians. Uh, you know, a lot and of why, comedians. why do you think Here's that something is? heavy. You want some heavy shit? Uh, comedians, uh, to me, are comprised of two types of comedians. Those that like to make people laugh and those that need to make people laugh. Okay. I'm in the former. Okay. I just like to make people laugh. Uh, there's other guys that need that validation, need that pat on the back, need that love. I don't need that. God, that got in the spade. So that, to me, that's fascinating because that I doesn't am seem to... The more you listen to me, you, the more fascinating. What, what are you doing? That doesn't seem... Hell? It's a... That Weird. doesn't... I'll put it Stop away. Doing that. that doesn't seem to tally with the incredibly kind of frenetic first 10 minutes of this interview where you're banging out jokes, 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 jokes. It's and I've had to kind of rugby tackle you to the ground and go calm down. That, to me, seems... Well, I mean, do, do you see how to an audience of people, to, to a casual observer... That seems like a, like a conflict between you going. Actually, course, I don't need to be funny. I'm happy. No, no. All I wanted to be was a cartoonist. That's uh, that, that was Plan A, uh, E H, because I'm Canadian. But uh, um, I, had to say, I had to be funny. I have to be funny. Have, no, you I, don't. You don't. If you I stop, don't, I'll don't. explode. But um, I, I wanted to be a cartoonist. I wanted to be anonymous. I, I don't want to go on stage. It, it speaks. It goes against my personality to go on stage and perform to people. It just so happens I'm very good at it, and it, it's a way of making a living. But all I want to do is draw cartoons, single-frame cartoons, just like my hero, Gary Larson. Yes. Put them out there, because that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, huge fun And And because um, that's what I am, one-liner guy. That's, so I, my book, uh, Pun Direction, is now out there with all my jokes and a whole bunch of my cartoons in it. So I've, it's kind of come full circle in that sense. So I, I'm a published cartoonist, so it came back to what I always wanted to be all along, yeah. What? Sorry. You seem like you want to ask anything. me another question. <laughs> so would you be happier dropping the comedy in future and just doing the cartoons? If they, if, if you became the new Gary Larson, if people saw that book and was like, yeah, this is amazing, probably. these are better than his one-liners, would you go... Why would they say that? That's hurtful. <laughs> people can be mean. Why would they say that? I can hear them. Um, yeah, I would like to do that. This is, doesn't speak to my personality. I'm not, I, don't, I'm not, I don't need to go in front. I don't need their love. I like the fact that I make people laugh, but I don't need it. Okay. Where, whereas 80% of comedians need that. And, they, and, and that, that saddens me in some aspect, but it is what it is. Now that must mean that 80% of people you're with in a dressing room or on the road or on tour with mm-hmm. are people who are trying to fulfill that need. And they're often quite desperate, do you think? What, not off stage. On stage, there, there's an element of that. We're all trying to win favor with the audience. It's, we've, we're doing it for different reasons. My reason is because... I like it. I like the structure of a joke. It's a cartoon. It's a verbal cartoon. I'm putting that out there. And, uh, and it's a way of making a living, traveling, traveling the world. Met my beautiful wife as a comedian in Hong Kong. So that was lovely. So it's given me everything. And, and until tonight, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so let's talk about the writing of the jokes. Let's talk about the, the drawing of the cartoons, as mm. it were. So... Talk us through what what's um, what's one of your favourite jokes that you're currently doing in your current show here at the Edinburgh. Well, no, I, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> it's, uh, no, I'll think of one. Come back to that. 
Oh, okay. Think let's, of just a, have, let's sing our song that we were talking about. <laughs> let's do our song that we practice all day. Think of a smooth... <laughs> no, no, no. Fair enough. Think of a, an existing joke that you don't that you no longer do. So a joke that was a favorite, a standard. Like one of the one of the first jokes that you went, oh hang on, this always works, like an unbreakable joke from your early career. I, I can't go into that brain because that's uh, I'm so locked on the new jokes. Because people will say, oh, I love that joke that you did, and I I genuinely struggle to remember a lot of my old jokes. Okay. You know that joke that you do, and they'll they'll butcher it because and blessed that they that's a joke that resonated with them. But you know that joke, we, and they'll get to the punchline first, and you can do that one. Um, but I, I have difficulty remembering a lot of my jokes. But okay, my, so, one of my legacy jokes was my swimming back to shore jokes. Everybody seems yes. to enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, I don't want to butcher them. Can you just tell it without? Well, performing? I've given away the punchline, so this might. Yeah, not it's make fine. It's for, fine. This is a, we're we're exploring it. We're yeah, not yeah. performing. But uh, just. Um, well, then I'm going to get into some serious aspect of my life, and I don't want to do that, do I? Do you yeah. guys want to hear? But... Yeah. No, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Unanimous no. Uh, swimming back to shore. So I, I, my father left when I was very young, and that, that's good because I met him later, and that was that was good that that happened. But uh, I, my jokes were about my father and everything he did with me involved me swimming back to shore. So I'm not going to do the joke because I've given away the punchline. So it'll, it'll kind of, uh, but anyway, I, I met him when I was 35 years old as a, uh, as an adult man. And he was, uh, he continued to be uh, him. And, uh, and he told me about how, when we lived in California, unaware of my act, uh, because it didn't involve him. Uh, but, but so he, he told me, I, I taught you how to swim when you're five years old by throwing you in the water. And I, wow, is that, did that, did that happen? Is that how that joke worked into my head? I don't think it did. It just, it was just such a harsh joke that everything I did with my father ended up with me swimming back to shore. So that yes. itself. So if anybody knows the joke, it's quite, quite, it's a callback and I keep coming back to it, but I thought yeah, that was so interesting. So did that work its way into my brain subconsciously? I don't think it did. I, I think it's just a stark joke. And because okay. I like starkness, I, I do have a lot of dark jokes um, so it, 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 it um, I like that aspect. So that, I think that's how I wrote that joke, but it was interesting that, uh, he would say that's what he used to do. And do your, do your jokes, do you write them Is and he then they're completed? Is he here? So you can see what's happening here. Stuart is just absolutely unwilling to stop and talk. Do we get there in the end? You'll have to listen on to find out. Um, but I mean, I did enjoy this in a, in a way that was, I don't know, would it have been different if this was not in front of a live audience? I mean, it must have been. Surely it would have been. Would it not? I don't know. I don't know. I, I leave this one to you. I'm I'm an enormous fan of Stuart's work and I urge you to seek him out on tour and online uh, and just just devour his stuff. He's a phenomenal joke writer, a really warm and funny and engaging presence on stage and a lovely man. This particular encounter was uh, fairly mind-blowing. I came out of it exhausted, but uh, I did really enjoy it. And uh, I did, at the time, warmly extend an invitation to Stuart uh, to come on the show again at another time, maybe in a non-live capacity, and see if that makes a difference. Perhaps it will, perhaps it won't. Uh, More from Stuart shortly. Um, Just one or two things to point out this time. Thank you, those of you who've been in touch with me uh, regarding my cavalry plan. You're such great guys. Thank you. Um, This is a plan, if you're unaware of it, to help me out. Uh, as uh, I'm fond of asking you guys for help and you tend to to respond very warmly. It's very much appreciated. Uh, I'm going on tour, as you know. Uh, You can go to comedianscomedian.com and uh, click the... There's a little news widget down the right-hand side which will link you to my tour dates. Alternatively, if you're a smart kid, you can go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour underscore 2016. And that will give you all of the places that I'm going to be. And uh, be in them, I shall. I'm really excited. I'm doing my show from last year's Edinburgh, Fe- from from the Edinburgh Festival just passed. Always impossible to talk about it straight afterwards. Um, uh, it's called An Hour. It got loads of great reviews. I really enjoyed doing it. Lots of you came to see it. Uh, I hope you'll come again and bring your friends if I'm anywhere near you. Um, but the cavalry plan is simply that you can email me info at comedianscomedian.com and uh, you can tell me. Uh, with the subject line cavalry, that you'd be willing to have me send you a couple of posters. Chuck me your your name and address and I'll send you some posters if you think you can put them up somewhere useful in your place of work, in your local 
uh, tin mine or <laughs> or whatever else you work, climbing wall, uh, escape room, wherever you guys are working these days. For some reason, comedians all seem to be working in escape rooms. If you've not already thought of that, that's a that's a top tip because it's a sort of fun. Uh, I mean, I bloody love an escape room. If you could send me your recommendations, I, I've done several of them and I'll do more. Um, but uh, anyway, wherever you work, wherever you work, um, send me in. Uh, if you'd like me to send you some posters so that you can help advertise the tour. If you are in any of the towns where I'm going to be on tour, which are uh, I'll, I'll give you the full list here. We'll I'll whip through it in. I'll try and do one per second. Here we go. The Glee Club, Birmingham, Just the Tonic, Nottingham, Outside the Box, Kingston, the Hawth Theatre, Crawley, Excess Malarkey, Manchester, the Wardrobe, Bristol, Joker Comedy Club, Southend, the Goldbenke in Canterbury, West End Centre, Aldershot, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, the Stables, Milton Keynes, the Ring of Bells at Bath Comedy, the Bicycle Shop, Norwich, Cookie Jar, Leicester, the Cube, Corby, Arena Theatre, Wolverhampton, Soho Theatre, London, from the 21st to the 23rd of April, and the Laughing Coyote at Sutton Theatres. Um, thank you. If you are in any of those towns or can get to any of those towns, do come along. And um, please uh, forgive me for not coming up further north. I'm going to have a six week old baby then, all being well. And uh, I've just tried to get a tour that I could go home from every night. This is not how I imagine my first ever tour being, but I'm very thrilled about it to think that I'll be on stage enjoying the show. And I, I imagine you'll be able to see sort of bits of sick on me. And uh, and certainly a sort of wild glint in my eye that teeters on the edge of madness. So it should be good. However, I am, as you know, I'm going to do the shows and then I'm going to hang around afterwards just for 10 minutes. We, we've not checked this with the venue, so we might be doing it in the foyers or the car parks. Um, but I will hang around and do an off the record Q&A about the podcast, a little sort of ask me anything type thing. And uh, if you'd like to come along, then you can you can participate in that and and bring your your most uh, bewildering questions for me and uh, and get to the bottom of uh, what I'm doing and how I how Stu Goldsmith secretly feels about the podcast I mean you you know exactly how I feel about it but come along anyway if there's any burning issues you'd like me to answer so those are all the venues now someone did email me from uh, the guy's name I think is Russ I've got it written here Somewhere. Uh, Russ, Russ Sauntry. Thanks, man. You're one of the few people who've emailed in and said, um, yeah, by all means, I'll do the camera and do the poster thing. But um, you understood the email form on my website differently to others. And as a result, you didn't put your proper email in the uh, in the email send file. So somehow I've got an email from you without knowing how to reply to you. So if you are Russ Sauntry, give me a shout. There are tickets now available for Soho Theatre for Izzy Sutty on the 4th of January and Dave Gorman on the 7th of March. Da, 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 that's the official announcement. And we've got Gorman. Very excited about that. And of course, very excited about Izzy too. The 4th of January and the 7th of March. I'm still firming up a very exciting offer for the following one in April. But you can go to SohoTheatre.com and enter the discount, the secret discount code FAF, all in capital letters, F-A-F-F, uh, in order to get 25% off your tickets. I think they're on for a tenner, so you get them for £7.50. So fill that up. Those are both going to be great. Izzy Sutty, of course, best known as Dobby from Peep Show. Terrific musical and stand-up comic in her own right. And Dave Gorman, who sort of invented great chunks of what we consider to be the way it's done right now. Absolutely brilliant comic. Lovely man. And um, an incredibly strong stand-up as well. You you might know him more for his kind of exploratory and sort of challenge-based shows. But those are, it's very important to say, those are backed up by really, really strong stand-up. He's got a fantastic observational eye. So can't wait to talk to those guys at Soho Theatre uh, coming up in January and then in March. If you're Christmas shopping, you can do it via the Amazon widget that is on comedianscomedian.com forward slash donate. Uh, or you can go there and you can chuck some money at me for the show. And uh, people have been doing that. And I'm always very, very grateful. Um, thank you. We had a couple of fairly sizable donors come in recently. Someone who I'm going to mispronounce her name probably. It looks like Mary, but with two or three different eyes in there scattered around. Thank you very much to you. And thank you, Luke, as well, for um, for two very sizable donations, which I really appreciate. Um, if anyone else amongst you would like to chuck me five, ten quid, twenty pounds, fifty pounds, a million pounds, I think you can do that. You might even break PayPal. Let's not try to do that in case, uh, just for the sake of uh, a, a slightly wry joke, uh, you end up getting some awful. Maybe they'll charge you a percentage if you, it's not in your bank account. I don't know how it works. Don't give me... This is the new, <laughs> the new strategy. Do not donate a million pounds to ComCom. It's not worth it. Please, guys. Try and try and just keep it down in the 20s and 50s. Um, so you could do that, of course, at comedianscomedian.com. That's all for now. 
Thanks to those who have donated. Thank you if you haven't donated, if you haven't been able to or don't want to, then of course you can do the new thing, which is to simply take someone's iPhone off them. If they're not a podcast person, they don't understand, they go, me, podcast, won't they? You, uh, <laughs> that was the voice, I was doing the voice for Don't Hold Me, I'm Scared. Podcast, what are they? Um, have a Google of Don't Hold Me, I'm Scared, but don't watch it in front of any children. Um, and uh, uh, you need to take their device from them, open their podcasts app, find the show, subscribe to it, and then start your favourite episode downloading on their phone, and then they'll get to it in good time. That's all for now. Right, are we ready? Let's get back into this. I'm I'm girding my loins and slapping that white resin stuff that acrobats use on my palms. Let's get stuck back into part two of my conversation with Stuart Francis. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you write a joke and the joke is completed and then you do it on stage? How much, how much editing is there? in between you thinking of a joke, writing a version of it, and then trying that out on stage? Is it always, do you always write the finished article or is there like a back and forth between them? The... No, it's done, done and dusted. So it's locked and loaded, that's it, set up punch and go out there and, and try it out. And the, the longer I've been doing this, the more confident I become in the material and, and uh, I can sell it because I used to do a lot of jokes in early days that I didn't probably have the confidence, the stage confidence they weren't getting a laugh that I would reintroduce when I had the confidence and, and had, um, uh, yeah, that stage confidence. And, and, and guess what? It got a laugh. So it, I, I was right in the first place. I just didn't. It was, it's all about timing. So I hang on to those jokes. And do you recognize different types of jokes that you have? Like and your show at the moment is called Pungent. Nice. And it is nice. And you, there's, there are lots of kind of wordplay type jokes. And mm. then there are jokes which have... Uh, no element of wordplay, which are just more like the Gary Larson, like a visual picture mm. kind of ones. What's, do you kind of recognize different types? Do you think, oh, that's one of them and that's one of them? No, no. But they will fall into those categories, but I don't analyze it that way. Just a good joke, that'll go, that'll fit in there. That works. And do when, that. when you structure them, what decisions are you making about if you structure a, a seven minute or a, or a tour show? Yeah. Are you just literally doing them in the, in the order you think of them or in oh, no, some no. way as to keep misdirecting people? No, a little bit of that, but to compartmentalize them so I can remember them. So they they all have to they're they're all in chunks. So that one, oh, that will fit in with that. So, and what what is what are the things that make them fit? Whatever in? the theme is of that, like I'll be talking about my wife, so I'll do a bunch of jokes about my wife, and then after that, jokes about my children. You know, so it's and that 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 will trigger that you know that joke, and that will. So it's all, it's all, it's the way an actor approaches a script. Uh, all all my actors in my head and that. So if something happens and someone says something, I genuinely have to ask the audience, what was I talking uh, about? Because that's what we say. Uh, and to, to get back on track, because I've been taken off script, I'd be like uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who, who would snap at the audience and probably have to collect himself and go back into uh, uh, being a Ponzi actor. So what, what elements of the performance of the jokes do you enjoy most? Uh, well, beginning, middle, end, and, and it, it followed by a laugh. So it's it's all about the the structure of a joke and just getting a just getting a giggle. And I love it the, the physicality of seeing an audience, you know, physically moving. Uh, my wife loves that. She's not a big fan, but but she loves the fact <laughs> that people will move and and it's 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 motivating or not motivating. It's 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 causing people to react physically. Uh, which is just involuntarily as well. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's it's a uh, I, I live a charm life. Do you feel powerful on stage that you're doing a, you're making so people much. behave involuntarily? No, no. I, I just want it to happen. I want I want you guys to laugh. And then then I want it to be you know bam 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 bam. bam. Good night. I want and then you. What was that? That was amazing. I want that to happen. So how long were you doing twenties for? Once you got onto the circuit, once mm. you were working the clubs regularly. And getting paid. Well, in Canada, we do it a little differently because uh, you do uh, 
you do um you're not you're not seasoned enough to be a, a compare or MC as we call them. So you don't do that. So what you do, you strive to be a middle, and that's 20 minutes. And then right after that, you know that evolution, you become a headliner, and that's 40, 45 minutes. So it's it's a you know you want to you want to get that 45 minutes in the first you know two three years or something like that because that's what that's where the sweet money is. <laughs> okay, it isn't, but but, it, it, but professionally, that's what you aspire to get to is being a headliner on the yuck yuck circuit. And is that Mark Breslin's yuck yucks? Am I right in saying that... I almost that said just yuck yucks. It's supposed to be Mark Breslin's yuck yucks. Is that part of the branding? Yeah. This is a very... Can you edit it so that I just say Mark <laughs> Breslin's yuck yucks? I can. I'll never work there if, again. If you keep playing ball, I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so am I right in thinking that the yuck yucks brand that I've never... Mark I've, Breslin's yuck yucks. Mark Breslin's yuck yucks. <laughs> Thanks oh, for reminding love. me. Yeah. They contract you in such a way that you can only work those comedy clubs. If you're yeah, a yuck yucks I've yuck heard act. that. I didn't play by that, but I think Mark Breslin of Mark Breslin's yuck yucks saw in me, uh, I think, a, a talented young man. And I, I, I think it's never been told, or I've never been told it, but I, my understanding is you had to do that circuit for X amount of time without pay, and then, then you earn the privilege of being paid. I kind of um, leapfrogged over that because I, I was doing what's called the uh, Mark Breslin's Independent Circuit. And no, there was. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I was hoping took me I get a at least a giggle, but <laughs> but then uh, I was doing the independent circuit, which isn't affiliated with Mark Breslin. I can't believe I'm saying his name <laughs> this many times. Uh, but then uh, th- the game plan was always to be uh, a performer on Mark Breslin's Yuck Yuck stage. Okay. In Mark Breslin's Toronto. <laughs> but my first gig was in Mark Breslin's Niagara Falls Yuck Yucks. So that was. And that was when you Mark were. Breslin, Mark Breslin. Mark those, Breslin. Those are the equivalent of sort of jonglers type gigs over here. No, that, right? that no. would be Mark Breslin's jonglers. But no, they're, 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 not, even, they're not even close to. Mark so Breslin's the audience yuck yucks. are going to be full of Mark Breslin's stank dudes yeah, and Mark Breslin's handies. Mark Breslin's audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think we had a pretty savvy crowd at, at Yuck Yucks. It wasn't uh, you're kind of like you're saying with Stag and Hindus and stuff like that. It's a bit raucous, but we didn't, I don't, I don't think we had that. We don't have that kind of pack mentality in Canada. It would be just couples going out, maybe four, you know, two couples or something like that. So we didn't have that, and just going into the comedy okay. club and throwing chicken wings at the performer who's been, you know, working on his craft for the last 10 years and goes home and thinks, hey, I'm covered in chicken wing sauce. And, have and you had those kind of gigs? I had chicken wings thrown at me in Jonglers. And it's like, oh my goodness, really? Did you, which one? Do you remember? Uh, Battersea, I think it was. That was the yeah. toughest one. Yeah. It's I don't not- know. I, I had some nice moments there. Sean Mio, one of my favorite moments was Sean Mio. You guys know Sean Mio? Just one person. Okay. We'll, we'll edit that That's in. That's showbiz. <laughs> uh, but, but. We'll, 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 we'll try that again. He's yeah. an excellent actor and you should know. He's fan- fantastic. And he all he does is destroy rooms. That's all Sean Mio does. Uh, even at Mark Breslin's Yuck Yucks, they would love him over there. Um, and I went on before him and it didn't go so well. It was a, it was a, a Christmas due and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Purpose built for it to be a horrible evening for the comedian and, and less so for the audience. But anyway, I went on and, and Sean Mio uh, saw me as being me and talented or whatever. But anyway, he went on stage after me and scolded the audience for about three minutes, which isn't a great thing to do to a drunken British audience who <laughs> uh, and, and then tore the roof off the place. But I thought, well done you, Sean. He didn't need to do that. And I, I'm forever indebted to that man for that. So when you're... You want it serious? Yeah, I do. This is fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen, are you enjoying this? Thank you. Am I? No. That doesn't matter. We don't care about you. Okay. (laughs) So when you are... When you're doing those kind of tougher gigs, have you got what like in that sort of situation? My sort, my kind of genre of comedian, I can just go. You know, I'm someone that hosts a lot. I'm comfortable improvising. Mm. If some, if the wheels are falling off, I can kind of go into the audience and and rescue myself that way. Do you have kind of rescue strategies? Is that harder for you as a, a scripted yeah. one liner guy? Yeah, for reasons described. That's what I, I all I want to do is go up there and do the the jokes that I prepared and, and then move on. I can. I've got the skill set to do that. And I, I can improvise. I've been improvising here, and I've got you know three or four laughs, uh, less than I'd want. But but I, I can do that. I, I've got that in my arsenal. Can I say arsenal? <laughs> but um, see, I I'm, I can be nonstop funny, but uh, I prefer not to do that because I don't want to be that comedian. And it sounds like I'm describing you. No, I'm not totally fine. But but I want to be scripted. I just gags, gags, gags. Good night. Uh, but I can I. It's just we're self-indulgent enough as it is to go on stage. The least I can do is be as funny as I possibly can be. 
I owe that to them. You've, that's the third time you've said that you owe them something. Of and course that's, we do. How can't we? They've shown up to watch, especially now that I'm uh, on tour. They're coming to see me. So I owe that to them. That's the contract. Be as funny as I can for as long as I can and, and then get off stage. But you're aware that a lot of other comics don't necessarily share that approach. You're the only person. Yeah, that's, that's the, it's all about them. I care about the audience. There's the difference. See what we've just done there? But the other ones, the comedians, just care about their validation, their, 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 what, their level of respect, and proving how intelligent they are to the audience. Does that frustrate Every you? Every one of them. Do you want me to name names? Yeah, wow. <laughs> you, you can name names and we can edit them out and we can talk the only about name the issues I'm name surrounding them. Is Mark Breslin. That's the only name. I'm <laughs> Call, uh, uh, use Mark Breslin as a pseudonym for someone that you mean and let's talk no, about no, the I'm issues. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Of course not. Okay. I'm, I'm professional. That, and I've described myself as being nothing but professional, so I'm not going to do that. Sure. Fine. But they're, they're, I think we know those type comedians and, and they're huge fans of those type comedians. They like that. Comedians will pride themselves going on stage with no material. They've got all kinds of gags, but no, and that's, they're doing that for them. They're not doing that for the audience. And the audience, some audiences like that they're creating that magic, that magical moment. No, I go on stage to be funny for, you know, half hour, an hour, whatever I'm on for it, and then move on. Do you have, uh, do you know Deliso Chaponda? Have you ever worked with Deliso? Is it Mark Breslin? <laughs> no, no, I don't he's know. Someone, he's uh, he's an act. He works on the global circuit. Oh, nice. And uh, he, when he's in England, I had him on the show recently, and he has got a well. He used to have a uh, like a ring binder, and now he's got a thing on his on his iPad, mm. whereby it's a spreadsheet of all of his jokes, the time they take, whether they're blue or not, what audiences they're suitable for. Do you work in that kind of methodical? Of not. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Well, that's a special human being. He, whatever he does, he would be doing that. As a bus driver, well, he reason- would go home. Oh, that street! I, I'm not going to. You know, it, it, that's the way his brain operates. I couldn't do that to myself. No, I, I go home, just watch TV, and have a cup of tea and a biscuit. That's that's <laughs> as rock and roll as I get. Then I'll have heroin. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So given your, the reason I ask is given your, your work ethic mm-hmm. and your commitment and your... It's limited, by the way, honestly. It's not, it, but this has come so easily. I haven't even tried. <laughs> and, and I've found this level of success that I've found. I, I can only imagine, but I wouldn't want that kind of success. This is me not even trying. Is that honestly, honestly true? That's I, incredible. I swear, yeah. I, I, obviously, I write jokes and I, I, I'm motivated to do, you know, to perform in that. But this, I'm not even trying. If you, my wife would, yeah, yes, yes. sits around all day, uh, makes me laugh. All I want to do is make my wife laugh. And then when, she, when I have to go to a gig, I'll, they, there hopefully there'll be 500 my wives, you know, in, in the audience and at Mark Breslin's wherever I am and, and just make them laugh. There's, so a, it, there's a thing I did a little while ago when I was trying to... Oh, I was don't fe- tell that story. I was, feeling, I was feeling really creatively blocked and I mm. thought, I imagined someone, this was years, six, seven years ago, my friend Tess is someone who I find that she is easy for me to make laugh. She's a person who... I just find that every time I open my mouth, I make her laugh. And so for a while, I just tried to imagine I was just writing for Tess. Do you know what I mean? In such a way that just to try and make myself funny in a more natural way rather Mm. than a head-scratching sort of cerebral way. And it sounds like you almost have something similar. Are you, when you sit around trying to make your wife laugh, are you then going, oh, that's a good idea, that might work as a joke? No, absolutely not. No, they're two very separate aspects of my brain, my personality. Um, My wife is one of the funniest people I've ever met, so she makes me laugh as much as I make her laugh. And there's, there's no desperation in making her laugh. It's just, it's what we do. We make each other laugh. She thinks I'm funnier off stage than on stage, which is probably the, the, the greatest compliment any, anybody could ever give me. And so, so I take that to heart. So that's, that's. Is there, a, is there any possibility of you ever doing the, the My Wife show where you do the, the material that you would normally do, that you wouldn't take on stage? No, that's not, that's no. Again, that speaks to that type of personality that's no you don't know anything about me at the end of my show you walk away hopefully having enjoyed it but you know nothing about me and that's how it shall remain I, I, and hopefully i've I, i've i'm not revealed myself too much now other than uh mark breslin's yuck yucks is where i started and where i'm indebted i truly am indebted to them if it weren't for mark breslin and mark breslin's yuck yucks i would not be who i am right now i'm fascinated by this Stuart. Hmm? why don't you why are you afraid to give yourself? I'm not afraid. Away? <laughs> <laughs> what? Of what? Are you afraid of, of revealing yourself in some way? Of Why don't not. you want to give? I don't want to. Away? I'm a private person. It doesn't matter. I, and and how? 
They don't want to hear it. Well, they might. Want to These guys want to hear no, it, but, they, but I, I don't want to reveal. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not weird. I'm not uh, Johnny Carson, David Letterman weird, and they're proper weird. But anyway, I'm not. I'm not that. Uh, but I, I just. I, I, I. It's too self indulgent to 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 reveal that of me. And and I'm not a big fan of that. Like when when comedians go on stage and pontificate and tell you Bill Hicks highly overrated. That's controversial to say that. You're a comedian. You should revere him. No, highly overrated. And he was just waving his finger and telling us what we should be thinking. Most of it not funny. It's just him just pontificating on stage. And I, I hate that aspect of comedy. Hate it. That shut the audience up. I like it. This is great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There's a, I, there was a small round of applause, and then I kind of pointed at people for some reason. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm enjoying this, but I'm also finding it a sort of uh, an invigorating tussle. Yes. Trying to get stuff out of you that you would be happier not sharing. It's just, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Just what, what next? <laughs> tell me about writing. Tell me about the moments when you do go, right, I'm going to sit down and write some jokes. I've only done that two, three times. Each time was a really good joke. So that gets well, back to my personality. Like, I, I don't. Like, things will happen uh, during the course of the day. Uh, a phrase, one-liners, come up with a punch line, work backwards. We all know that. But And some are really good at it, i.e. Uh, Milton. No, no. I.e. me and Milton and, and, and all the other ones. But um, Who do you think of as all the other ones? Who do you see as your, your peers? There's not that many. It's great because given my line of work, it's, it's good that uh, I'm one of few. But uh, when I think of the one-liner guys, I think, I think there's Milton Jones, who I, I, I love. He's a good friend of mine. And we go out socially quite often, and people will see us together and would think that we'd be arch enemies. But, and we are a bit. But, 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 no, but, but no, we're lovely, and our do wives watch, love each other. Do you and, watch each other's and, shows? I wasn't finished with my Milton Jones anecdote. What? Do you watch each other's shows? I don't know. I can't speak for him. I don't watch a lot of comedy. I, I, I truly don't. Um, I, especially when I'm performing that night, I don't watch anybody that's on before me because I don't want I don't want to be distracted by oh they and you know I, I just go on and try to be as funny as I can. It just comes back to be as funny as I can. I don't want to be distracted by the fact that they did a such and such a joke that might be similar to that one and. Just uh, every joke should win you know, favor with on, on its merit. So I go up there with that kind of m- m- mindset. So, uh, but so I t- tend not to watch a lot of comedy. Okay, so I sorry for interrupting you. That's Tell okay. me who else besides Milton you think of as a, a peer? Oh, well, the one-liner guys are Milton, uh, Tim Vine, and uh, Jimmy Carr, and Gary Delaney. Um, that's it. That's kind of it, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think that's it. There's a, a new guy this year called Peter Brush, who I think is doing his first hour, who mm. is a really good one-liner guy. But he very... had a brush with death, didn't he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of got the joke, but I also thought he might listen to this and I didn't want to... He no, he might had a brush actually with death. Had no, he genuinely had a... He... No, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> his his uh, Peter had a brush with... No, because it's, it's Peter Brush. Yeah, I believe yeah. he's And he's awesome? Yeah. Kisser? Is he good? He's a great kisser. <laughs> is he really? Oh, terrific nice. Terrific kisser. Surprisingly generous. Let's blindfold you. <laughs> Honestly, get Peter Brush to kiss you and then Daniel Sloss. And I, I swear to God, you'll, you'll, because uh, um, Daniel wears like a strawberry, uh, like a lip, like a. Well, you've given it away stick. now. There's no. Oh, I'll, I'll know it's him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got you. Unless we. Uh, you're li- good. We lip up Brush. And you're good at what you do. A... You're fucking hell. You saw right through that. <laughs> Go ahead. What? This is genuinely the weirdest uh, episode of this podcast I, I think I've ever I done. Didn't. You mentioned the legacy joke earlier on. You mentioned the, the swimming yeah. out to shore. Do you have what? Back to shore. We're swimming back to shore. Well, I'm no, sorry, sorry, you, sorry you, you didn't tell it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, do you have other legacy jokes? What do you mean by legacy? You mean something that... Well, that's the one that oftentimes people will quote, and um, a lot of people like that joke. Uh, one South African comedian in particular liked that joke so much that uh, he used to uh, swim back to shore quite often. And uh, it's like uh, it was new. I was told that oh, it's stand-up comedy's new down here. It's because it's you know, it, you know South Africa, so that doesn't forgive. The, the, you know, there's no excusing that that I left there and my my joke stayed back. And it's like that was like that's so my joke. And, and yeah. he was swimming back to shore. And, yeah, if someone yeah. was going to pill for one of your jokes, you that is a thought, terrible yeah. one to... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a legacy joke. Not legacy in the grand terms, but, but in, in my, my world, that, that's one of my 
Hallmark jokes. Do you? I, I've had Tim on the show before, and Milton as well. Who? And I know I've never heard of, what. <laughs> what do they do? I know with Tim Vine in particular, he has had. There's like there's forever an email circulating, attributing loads of his like giving away loads of his best one liners, mm. and often misattributing them. Mm. Um, do you have that problem? Do you have a problem because you have such a massive output of one liners? Mm. Do you see them go walkabout? Do you? Do you? Uh, how would I see that? Because I don't do anything. I don't do social media. Do people media. draw your attention to it? Do no, your friends no, in no. comedy say... Oh, You're assuming I have friends, but no. But, but we don't... But no, I don't pay any attention to that. I, I, I truly live just a normal life, uh, and I don't, I'm not obsessed with anything. I don't see who's doing what, and I just do my thing, girl. <laughs> okay. So before, when you said that you had sat down on three occasions and each time, like, to write, and each time you produced a really good yeah. joke... Yeah. yeah. What do you remember? What one of those jokes was? And uh, yeah, I was waiting for my therapist friend. He's not, he's not my therapist. Let's put that on the record. But he was late, and uh, that was my uh, my therapist says I have a preoccupation with vengeance. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was genuinely waiting for him to come into my car to go out for lunch, and it's like, uh, yeah, therapist. So that, that you were waiting for someone in your car, and that counts as one of the three times you sat down to try and come I'll up write with a jokes. joke. Yeah, yeah, Ab- honestly. So, so if I said to you now, you've got to do five minutes in a week and of completely brand new yeah, stuff, it would probably be awesome. <laughs> I no doubt you, that it that's would. What you're going for that yeah, was where yeah, I was yeah, going yeah, for. Yeah, thank but you. Uh, secondary to that, mm. what is like? How achievable is that to come up with five? But like, given that you're, you know, it's, it, as I understand it, writing one-liners is it's very kind of. Uh, time intensive because mm. so many of them don't work i know i mean ones that don't make i mean ones that don't make it to the stage you see For the I mean? listeners i'm giving my what the fuck look <laughs> <laughs> ones that don't make it to the stage in yeah, my limited understanding almost all of them that's how really few jokes i write that they all kind of make it because i uh, yeah now i'll go in there now, so I'm, I'm not... Uh, so if you had, if you had a, a challenge now, which I'm not going to set you, but hypothetically, if I said, come up with 10 original one-liners that work that you've never said or thought of before, how long would that take you? I don't know. I've, why, why would you... But I, that would be them looking at me sitting here. No, not to, now. I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to gauge how long it takes you to come up with material. Uh, three minutes? Ten original jokes that you've never said oh, before. Not, no, not per joke. So what's that? Three times ten, carry the four. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not long. But why would I do that when I can go home have a, <laughs> and have a cup of tea and, and, and a biscuit, biscuit and uh, some uh, nice heroin? Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap up, um, I, uh, we've got about six minutes left. And if any of you can fucking get anything out of Stuart Francis, you're more... <laughs> Please feel free to have a bash. Of the self-indulgent in inverted commas acts, yes. who have you seen that you think has merit, that you enjoy despite the self-indulgence? Two words, and, and uh, we share his name, mm-hmm. Stuart Lee. I think he's phenomenal. I love him. And he's so opposite to my style of comedy. He will tell a joke, then he'll deconstruct it, <laughs> and then tell it again. And de- oh, I love it. I adore that man. He's such a funny man. What is it that you're loving? Is it the the kind of because the, he's so hilarious and, and it just just his, his brain is just brilliant and Bridget, his wife, is lovely, fantastic. But anyway, come back to Stuart. I think it's so op, opposed to my style of comedy, but I just think he's one of the best comedians ever. Do you nice. think that might be because? And I know loads of comedians. Stuart Lee's very popular. He's an mm. excellent comic. I think he's fantastic as well. And I want to have him on this show, but I haven't invited him yet because I'm too scared because he's already released several books on how he writes his stuff. So I'm like, what else can I ask him about what he's asked himself? But um, one of the reasons I like him and the same of Simon Munnery Mm. um, is that I think comedians, once you've been doing comedy for a while, you start to anticipate jokes and punchlines. And so it's harder to watch other comedians because you tend to be able to see where things are going. Mm. So one of the reasons I think a lot of comedians love Stuart Lee is because he's operating at such a... Uh, with such skill that he's misdirecting even people who are used to yeah. doing the misdirecting I, And I'm one of those people. I'm still caught off guard uh, and just love him for that. So, yeah. Do you, when you're putting new stuff together... I heard her. No, no. no, 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 no. It's, it's for the listeners. I get it. I get it. When you're putting a new show together, is yes. it one joke out and a new joke in? Or do you... Some sort of... 
do you start completely fresh? Do you go, right, this is the new tour, blank page, let's start writing jokes at a rate of one per three minutes? Tell her. <laughs> no, I just write down a whole bunch of gags and then they will find their place. Uh, that chunk, that, that will fit in with that chunk. So it's all about chunks. So that, that leads into that one, leads into that one. And, I, and I, I've written a bunch of new gags that I've inserted into my uh, current tour, uh, Pungent, I think you mentioned it is. Um, and so that's how I write. I just write as many jokes. So when I, I, I've got another, I shouldn't be doing it this way, but I've got a great title for my next tour. And I shouldn't go on tour just because I got a great title. Or maybe I should. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I, I, after this tour is over, I'll start to write down. I'll put them all in my book and just write a whole bunch of jokes. And it will all make sense in the end. So that those jokes, well, that's family, that's job, that's, you know, travel, all that kind of stuff. So it all all makes sense. Like, obviously, at the moment, you have uh, such confidence in your ability to do that because you are... Yeah, she's crunching. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Literally two minutes left. There is no mention that people would be snacking. Did you have this same amount of confidence in your joke writing ability when you first started? Or is it something that you gradually developed because you, probably, you were just proving it night after night? Probably had that confidence, but the audiences would prove me wrong. Um, so I stayed true to it because um, I've always thought I was on to something. Uh, I've always thought I had something to offer the world. Um, I thought it was going to be acting because I, I, I was raised by television, watched a lot. Of, and I, I do want to come back to acting. I've written a sitcom that's been optioned by a big production company. So I'm very excited about that. But anyway, I always knew I was on to something. So confidence-wise, it was always there. But I might have been overconfident, and that might have been a compensation for, for you know insecurity or something. I don't know what was going on there. But as I look back, I was, I've always kind of had the, the chops. But audiences, you know, I would do the audience, you know, I would be at the Yuck Yucks, uh, Mark Breslin's Yuck Yucks in Hamilton or, or Mark Breslin's Yuck Yucks in uh, Barrie or Mark Breslin's Yuck Yeah, you get the point. But I would do the jokes and I wouldn't get the laugh. And I would, I would put that joke aside, but knowing that I'm onto something there, I think. And, and, and I, I was because I would bring those jokes back into it. One of my favorite jokes that I did early in my career was yeah, I was standing in the park today wondering why does a Frisbee appear larger the closer it gets? And then it hit me. And so, so, and I did that early in my career and it didn't get anything because maybe I didn't sell it. Maybe I, whatever was going on, maybe it was, uh, you know, that, at that particular Mark Breslin's Vancouver Yuck Yucks, it, it, it wasn't a great crowd. So, so I hung on to it and I, and I, I did it later and it, it became one of my, one of my hallmark jokes. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you think of yourself as an artist or an entertainer? Entertainer, yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. What do you think? Um, of well, lots of people are different. A hot, too. hot entertainer. <laughs> um, then. <laughs> You're staring at me. It's I've my been eyes, reduced, I've been reduced to a standstill in a way that I have not for some time. But artist just sounds a little, um, as my grandma would say, toffee nose. Like just, I'm an artist. It's like you, these actors and actresses that they take their craft and they call it a craft for fuck's sakes, but they take it so seriously. It a, do you not think it's a, no, you're pretending to be someone else for fuck's sakes. And they talk about how that character, there was like four layers to that character. You've got one fucking layer and it's boring. So how could your character that you just portrayed on screen have four? And that, you're not, you're just pretending to be someone else. You don't have four layers. And I, you had to be, there had to be angst. And no, just stop talking. So do you think, so that's, those are artists. I'm a, I'm an entertainer. Not, I, not after that do you fucking think anecdote, but I, you're I, I, a, <laughs> do you think you're a craftsman? Do you consider writing a, jokes to be yeah, a craft? I'm a craftsman. A hot craftsman. We have to agree that I'm hot. We have to. Final question. Please say I'm out. And then you're free. Yeah. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, do our song. Come on. You said <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we're not. Final not question. And you can interpret this as you like. Yeah. Uh, as I'm sure you will. What would you have written on your comedy gravestone? <laughs> Uh, here lies a truthful man. I got them thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking Mr. Stuart Burton. So that was Stuart. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I, I've, I'm, I'm recording this before I've edited the show. So before Nathan has edited the show and I've listened back to bits of it 
I think I've managed to maintain my cheery demeanour, but God, I mean, it was it was a fight, right? But I think I think we got somewhere, did we? I got a sense of of who Stuart is. I do think it's fascinating this idea that you you either want to need to perform, sorry, you either want to perform or you need to perform, and he's someone that just wants to. But he he really seemed like he needed to, right? I mean, I can't be the only person thinking that. So um, we'll see. Maybe more from Stuart another time. Who knows? Uh, thanks to Stuart for coming on the show. Do download his stuff. Uh, you can go and see him on tour. Uh, I don't think you can find much of a social media presence for him, as uh, as he said there. But um, you can certainly go and see him live or watch his stuff online and then go and see him live. He's a phenomenal comedian. We're very lucky to have him. Thank you to Nathan for editing the show, Nathan Wood. And also thank you to Ryan Coles, who was this week's Podblin and sorted out the Stuart Francis log for me. And also, Ryan, very amusingly, put a little thing at the end of the log which said um, brackets tin rattling, which I assume is uh, the bit that we've can't where I then ask for money from the live guests. Um, from the, not, not from the guests. That would be terrible. <laughs> Come on the show. Now I've interviewed you. Now, Stuart Francis, would you like to donate 5, 10, 20 or 50 pounds? Um, so a uh, bit of tin rattling there to see us out. Um, feel free to donate and you can set up a recurring donation if you'd like. I think some of you do like to do that. I'm very grateful to those of you that have so far. Um, you can set up a, like a pound a week or two pounds a week or something like that um, or, or 10 pounds a week and then change it two weeks later to one pound a week. Having realised your mistake, that's fine, too. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you very soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.